It's Thursday, August 11th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Mark Reith, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Supernova, Simon Erickson. Hello, Mark. Hello, Simon. Thank you for having me on the program. The pleasure is all mine. We've got plenty to talk about today, including earnings from Macy's and SolarCity. But let's go ahead and just dive on in with Alibaba. Alibaba announced stronger-than-expected second-quarter earnings this morning. Uh, revenue was up 59% year-over-year, which is pretty darn impressive. More impressive to me, Simon, uh, were some of the comments uh, Alibaba uh, had about uh, user growth, cloud computing, and particularly sticking out in my mind, uh, the growth of mobile uh, for their platform. Why don't we go through uh, what's in your mind the highlight of Alibaba's earnings report? Well, I think that the, the this is the dominant e-commerce player in China, right? Mm-hmm. And the first thing that you said really caught my eye in the first place. The number of users that are now buying something on Alibaba is Alibaba's 431 million people. Jeez. Put that in perspective, it's almost 50% larger than the entire population of the United States has now bought something on the Alibaba platform. That's up 18% year over year. Jeez. And when you have that kind of a user base, you can start doing a whole lot of other things, whether that be distribute movies to them to get them doing other things on your website. But as long as you've got that core user base in place, which they do, and a growing user base, you can do a lot of different things. Now, We've got other things to talk about with Alibaba, but obviously I have to ask, and the question everyone asks whenever Alibaba comes up and any sort of metric with Alibaba comes up, how does it stack up to Amazon? And I know that's kind of out of left field for you. You might not have Amazon's numbers right in front of you, which is completely understandable. But compare and contrasting that user base with Amazon, how's that looking? Well, Amazon, we expect, has about between 50 and 60 million Prime members right mm-hmm. now, which are paying the $99, getting the two-day shipping. And I think that that's going to be more and more... Um, I don't want to say copied, but kind of followed by Alibaba in China as well. And when you've got 434 million users, I mean, that's maybe a, maybe a sixth of that or something like that. I don't think that's too far of a stretch to believe in. Mm. There are other things, in addition to the e-commerce platform, that I think that Alibaba is following Amazon's lead on very well, one of which you, mar- you mentioned up front, which is a cloud computing business. Right. Um, that grew 157% year over year to $187 million. But let's try to put that a little bit more into perspective of what, of what $187 million means in this business. This is similar to Amazon's web services, where they actually build out the infrastructure in the background so that customers don't have to build their own data centers. You just contract it out to, to Amazon or Alibaba to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so at $187 million, this is a shade. Of of what Amazon is bringing, which is three billion dollars every quarter off of off of web services, so it's not a stretch, I don't think, to see that this is a twenty fold increase in this business for Alibaba. Right, definitely something to see going forward is, is how that web services side of the of the cloud computing business goes. That's insane to me. Yeah. And and I was reading again about Alibaba, just the different directions they're taking the business in, uh, in terms of cloud computing. We'll get to mobile in a second. Did I even see something about uh, driverless cars as well? Like, what's the plan here for Alibaba? It's just growth, growth, growth in every direction. The core of the business is is being smarter for for responding to queries. So just like Google tries to respond of what are you asking me to do. For a, for a search query, Alibaba and Amazon, everybody else is trying to do the same thing. Use artificial intelligence to understand what you're looking for better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the same basis of, of what a, a driverless car would do, of saying, okay, I see something, as opposed to hearing something on, on a web search, but I'm seeing something, I need to make sense of it, and then figure out what to do out of that. So, it all kind of builds off of each other. Neat project going forward, I think. If you say so, man. All right. And last would you not- get in a, in a driverless car? I 
am pro driverless cars. Uh, I actually I enjoy driving. I, I've I've driven around the country several times as my vacation from here. Like I just drive. Uh, I'm a weirdo like that. <laughs> uh, and it, it's just the ability to travel without even having to drive would be pretty great for me as well. So yeah, I'm totally behind uh, driverless cars. I'm not going to buy the first generation of driverless cars. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for like version 2.0. Got it. Got um, but I'll, I'll be I'll be behind the wheel or or behind the. <laughs> dashboard, I guess, without a wheel. What about you? Driverless car road trip sounds like. Driverless car road I, trip. I, I you and me. I'll do, I'll do version 2.0 also. Can we get a wait. driverless car? Driverless Winnebago? Can we just? I, uh, I think that's an option. Get in the Winnie and head west. <laughs> um, okay, let's move along to Macy's. Uh, Macy's also reported earnings uh, earlier today. I mean, if Alibaba is the poster child of e-commerce growth, Macy's is probably the poster child. Of something much, much worse, uh, probably the demise of brick and mortar retailing. That being said, to be fair to Macy's, this quarter actually looked okay. You know, the, the uh, fifty-four cents per share on revenue of five point eight uh, billion dollars. Uh, it's better than analysts had expected. Uh, still worse than they did last quarter. Or excuse me, same quarter last year. Uh, but again, not as bad. Uh, as people probably prophesied. Uh, what are you seeing from Macy's earnings report here? Well, the market certainly seems to like it too. Stocks up 17% this morning, so right. they definitely agree with you that it's not as bad as maybe <laughs> it could have been. What a great recommendation. It wasn't as bad, everybody. Man. 17% growth. I don't know, though, Mark. I've got the different opinion on this, and I do think that this is that bad. Maybe in the short term, it's, it's okay to be closing down 100 of their 728 stores, mm. uh, trying to be a little bit more profitable, trying to return money to shareholders rather than putting it into those stores that they've got out there. But this has just got to be. It can only last so long when you're cutting your way to profitability. Right. Eventually, you have to find a new way to grow. If they're not getting the traffic into those stores, they're going to have to try to find some other way to get the customers buying things. I really don't see them competing in an e-commerce kind of way. We just talked about Alibaba, but do you see Macy's.com being the next big thing? No. I don't either. <laughs> um, and you know, revenue was down almost four percent year over year. Comps down two point six percent. So they're they're cutting right now, um, but I think they've got bigger problems. Yeah, got to worry about the other. The other thing is a lot of the the revenue that they are getting is kind of training consumers to be buying things at discounts. Right, right? these promotional events they'll do and stuff like that. But um, some of the large apparel makers, you know, Coach, Michael Kors, a lot of these other brands, they don't want to be in, in the deep discount rack mm-hmm. of a Macy's. They want to maintain that brand that they have, stay at the premium, get the price that's associated with that. So um, that's a tough spot to be in, I think, for a Macy's, especially when you're trying to get traffic through your stores and comps are down. Right, and as you said, they're just they're just slashing their business right now, trying to f- find some profitability. Just uh, so our, our members, or excuse me, our listeners know, uh, over the past six years. Macy's has closed roughly 90 stores in total, which I was surprised to see it was that small of a number, especially when you consider that they promised to close 100 stores in how long? How quickly? Uh, the next year or two? Something like uh, that? This year will be 100 stores. They closed 41 last year, so yep, increasing that number. Wow. Yeah. And again, not a great sign. Although, uh, the other side of that argument is, of course, that they're doubling down on their, you know, more important stores, their bigger, you know, high sales, high growth stores, if there are any high growth Macy stores left out there. Uh, so, uh, again, I guess the the question here is: Is there a world that Macy's can survive in at that kind of discount level of okay, we've got a mall, and occasionally you see a Macy's at the end of it, and that's about it? Because, like you said, I'm not going to Macy's.com to buy. 
anything, quite frankly. That's the question, isn't yeah. it? Is it what, what do you need to go to the store to buy that you can't wait for two days through Prime Shipping today? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe toiletries is something you want to go pick those up. Maybe maybe food. Um, you know, maybe something that's like a low. Uh, cost to weight ratio like gallons of water if you're a big water drinker. Okay, <laughs> maybe sure. you're not shipping that on Amazon. Gallons of water. That's but, the but, but there's limited things that people are actually getting out of their homes and going to the mall or going to the store to buy anymore. Um, I, I I do maintain a pessimistic outlook on the future of Macy's as mm-hmm. as well as any of these other um, traditional retailers. We saw Walmart pay $3.3 billion for Jet.com right. just a couple of days ago, trying to get into the e-commerce world, trying to stir up some kind of traffic and some kind of offering. Uh, that's more for bulk purchases. Mm-hmm. If you're not shipping you know, stuff that, that weighs a lot, uh, they just want to go pick up and, and put it in the back of an SUV or something like that, that's a lot easier than shipping it over, over Amazon. But I think there's limited uh, future for these guys, and it's a tough it's a tough industry. Absolutely. Uh, and especially with Alibaba out there just chomping at the bit, Amazon out there. Yeah, the future doesn't look very bright for Macy's, but it's still around. Hey, it's struggling along, Simon. It's up 17% today. Very true. Now, Amazon Prime just had a, a Prime Day, Mark. I, that, um, I participated. And did you actually bought something? Oh, yeah. I'm big on uh, uh, just you know those big sales days. I'm the guy who goes out for uh, Black Friday shopping and fights off little old ladies for televisions <laughs> at midnight. Terrible. Oh, it's fantastic. It gets the blood going. It's great. Um, yeah, I bought, I bought some stuff on Amazon Prime Day. It was fantastic. I'm a Prime member and proud of it. Were well, you in a lot of other people did because that was 60% sales growth year over year for Prime Day, and you know you just you just do these promotional things. Everyone gets excited about them. You've got your own reasons for going on Black Friday and Prime Day, but uh, it's it's a huge success for Amazon. They now have 11 planes that are delivering across the country for Amazon Prime, right? And you see that that $99 a year just recurring revenue, kind of like what Costco has done um, in a different format, but still collecting those those membership fees or that Prime fee every year falls right to the bottom line, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a really good. Bu- Business model and Macy's just doesn't have anything like that. Nothing close to to matching their their business is just structured so differently from that world, from the e-commerce uh, players out there that are finding so much success. I mean, again, I get what Macy's is trying to do. You know, CEO Terry Lundgren, he's done a good job while he's been in charge. He's on his way out uh, with a new CEO on the way in, but he's done okay. Uh, he's kept the company alive basically by slashing. So the next guy who comes in after Terry. What does he have left to work with at that point? Again, you've got to close the low-profit stores and double down on what you've got left, and hopefully pray someone wants to go to Macy's.com occasionally. And you've got to, yes, that's exactly the key. You have to find some reason to get traffic into the stores again. And for a company like a Macy's that carries a bunch of different brands, uh, that's more difficult than something like a, like a Lululemon, where everyone knows exactly what they're looking for. Under Armour, direct-to-consumer store, knows exactly what you're looking for. Macy's, it's not as clear, and I think that that's the challenge for them going forward. Absolutely. Lots of challenges for Macy's going yeah. forward. A uh, couple challenges ahead of Solar City. Solar City just announced earnings uh, earlier this week. We didn't get a chance to talk about it on the show the other day. But Simon Erickson is in the studio, so we have to talk about Solar City at some point. It just makes sense. It's peanut it's butter well, and jelly. It's a warm conversation. It, it's right. Tesla and Solar City. <laughs> it's just they go together so well. Uh, the earnings for Solar City weren't actually that great uh, at the end of the day. and We'll get to that in a second, but frankly, does it matter anymore? It looks like this deal with Tesla is probably going to go through. And again, you're the expert here; you can tell me if that's true or not. It probably will go through. So, who cares how well or poorly Solar City is doing this quarter when the future is Tesla? Yeah, that's 
pretty much correct. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't have said Moving it any right better. Along. Actually, next story. topic. Uh, um, it, market didn't didn't really move the stock at all. Yeah, the year exactly. after, You know, the, the day after earnings came out, um, I think everyone's just anticipating to see if this offer on the table table where Tesla's offered 0.11 Tesla shares per share per Solar City share. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you were a Solar City owner, you would now be owning Tesla shares in place of that. They just want to see if this is going to go through. If if shareholders are going to vote on this deal. Um, mixed reactions from the investment community about whether this is a good deal or this is a bad deal for Solar City shareholders. Uh, there is a lot of opportunity to save on the sales costs. Mm-hmm. So right now, if you're a homeowner, uh, you have to go through a consultation with a with a Solar City sales rep. They have to come to your home, walk you through the process, and then kind of take it from there. The company spends a lot of money on, on those sales commissions and, and those sales costs. In fact, it's about a fifth of total per watt costs. Wow, it's I just had no in idea. Sales. Um, but if you can do that through a Tesla uh, showroom that's mm-hmm. already existent, and somebody wants to buy a Tesla, you can say, hey, by the way, you can save a lot of money on your electricity if you're using solar instead. Uh, that could save them a lot of costs and get them a lot more business. So that's the real appeal um, from a Solar City perspective. On the downside uh, for a Solar City shareholder, you've still got this massive existing business that's just you know churning out cash flow every month from, from the existing solar panels and on rooftops out sure. there. And when you look at the the dollar per share equivalent that Tesla is offering for Solar City, uh, it doesn't seem to be giving much of a premium to that existing business, mm. much less the growth that this business is seeing every year. So maybe not a great price, but it could be transformative for Tesla too. Uh, up to every shareholder to make their own their own individual decision on this one. I mean, just the synergy seems like a no brainer. At the end of the day, you use the solar powers to you know, power your house, or excuse me, solar panels to power your house, and to charge your Tesla in the garage. Yeah. I mean, it just makes sense. It's a good business idea. Let's just see if shareholders actually buy into it. What I'm most excited about with Solar City is the uh, decision to begin selling roofs. Yeah, that's right. Roofs. Roofs. That's a roof. Not roofs. Roofs. Roof. Okay, got yeah, it. It's a, got it. Okay. a roof with <laughs> solar panels integrated into them. So instead of selling the solar panels for you to just put onto your existing roof, you would buy a house with a roof with the solar panels already integrated. That also seems like a no-brainer to me. Why hasn't Solar City done this earlier? Yeah. And 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 is this going to change the business in a dramatic sense? Because again, when you're you're You've already bought a house. You've got all these, you know, this process for getting the panels into place, working with Solar City consultants, as you said, uh, to make that happen. Why not just buy a house with it already pre-installed? It, it just—it seems like a no-brainer to me. How does it sound to you? It is a no-brainer. Uh, it makes complete sense because when you sign up for a Solar City contract for an operating lease. You sign on for the next twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens when your roof is only going to last for five or seven of those years? Right. And then you got to replace the roof. You got to take off the panels to replace it. It's, it's a mess, right? The idea is, hey, let us just replace your roof, put on the solar panels, integrate it into that roof, mm-hmm. and you get the double bang for your buck of a new roof and solar power attached to it. So it is a no-brainer. It's a big win. It's also harder to tear out a roof that has solar panels directly built into it than to just take off a mounted solar panel on the top too. So really good for sticking costs, sure. switching costs, I should say. <laughs> That's smart. And apparently there are five million. I had no idea about this. Five million new roofs bought in the U.S. every year. There you go. So the business is there. You just have to convince people that they want to switch over to solar power, uh, which seems like the future. So, again, lots of interesting news from Solar City. I think 
everyone, as you said before, is just waiting and watching for the Tesla deal at this point. Which, do we have any idea when, if 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 that is going to be confirmed or not? Sure. So they had a forty-five day shop clause, which basically means after the um, the offer was approved by by SolarCity's independent shareholders, mm-hmm. all two of them that were not also tied to, to Tesla, uh-huh. um, they they gave the thumbs up on. It. They said, okay, we'll get forty-five days from that. It was a couple weeks ago to go out and find a better offer if one existed. If there is no better offer that comes in, it goes directly to shareholders. We're within about a month of that right now. Um, so it's going to go out to the vote to shareholders. I encourage any shareholders to vote, either for or against, whatever you feel is best for you. But vote on this one, because it is going to be an epic one. Uh, to the extent that Elon Musk, who is CEO of Tesla and chairman of SolarCity, actually appeared on the conference call for SolarCity. Right, that was the first time, too. Has never done that before. Yeah. Um, answered quite a few of the questions, mm-hmm. had lots of big vision picture stuff that he talked about. But uh, it's enough to get his attention. I think it's it's worthy of a vote from I mean, shareholders. That got my attention, quite frankly, just having Elon Musk out of nowhere on the SolarCity call. And his quotes, like you said, a lot of vision. And that's obviously why he was on the call, trying to convince shareholders that there is a vision here. He's not just doing this willy-nilly. There is uh, a there is synergy. I keep on using that word. It's such a <laughs> ridiculous word. But it's true. There is a lot of synergy there. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Solar City, great stuff. And of course, Simon Erickson has to be talking about uh, shareholders getting active with their their stocks and the companies they own. Get out there and vote. Don't just you know sit on your haunches and wait for things to happen. You always you always talk about that for the last couple of shows you've been on yeah. here. And I always like that. You know, shareholders, you are active participants in this process. Uh, so if you're a Solar City shareholder, you should absolutely be paying attention at this point. And on that note, I mean, a lot of times you'll hear uh, I've heard several people say, "Oh, my vote's just not going to count." There's too many other people that, that have a vote in this that, that mine doesn't even matter for this. This this one it really will matter. Mm. Um, Elon Musk, anyone that's related to him or that is not independent, meaning they're both on the Tesla board and they're on the Solar City board of directors, have recused themselves from this vote. They are not going to be voting, and they're putting it out to the individual shareholders. Hmm. This is one that really will matter. I, I definitely agree with what you said. I encourage everybody to go out and vote for their shares. Of course you do. All right, uh, let's wrap up by talking about the Olympics real quick. You know, it's day five of the Olympics, uh, or excuse me, day five was yesterday of the Olympics. The U.S. is leading total medal count with 32. China's at 23, Japan at 18. Lots of events left uh, for this year, Simon. What are you watching at the Olympics? Well, um, I'll start by saying that um, I like kind of watching all the events sure. on the Olympics, like even the stuff you don't know anything about. Like I watched fencing the other day; that was pretty interesting. Right, American uh, Homer. Uh, he, yes. he got silver. Yeah, yes, that was great yes. to watch. That was pretty awesome. Um, women's handball is kind of like basketball meets soccer. Mm-hmm. I've never watched that event before. That was kind of a lot of fun to watch too. Sure, <laughs> but I've got to go with the with the majority on this. And I like watching swimming the most. I mean, the U.S. is so dominant between Katie Ledecky and Michael Phelps, each having three gold medals at this point. Mm-hmm. U.S. has brought home eight golds in swimming. It's just an exciting event that has a lot of momentum behind it, right? That's true. And Phelps's last race of his career, well, his Olympic career, is today. As a matter of oh, fact, goodness. it's the uh, it's the relay, I believe it is. Uh, so get out there and watch USA, USA. All right, Simon Erickson. Thanks Thanks for being here. Thanks, Mark. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Mark Reef. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.